Hey everyone, Ellie Hope Herringshaw here. I'm so glad you're here listening to my podcast, Hope Reclaimed. In this episode, I am talking with my father, Mark Herringshaw, about what my response was to the betrayal in my life. I went through a divorce, and when I discovered my ex-husband's affair, I turned to Google. I'm not kidding you. I Googled, what do you do when you find out your husband is having an affair? Because I just truly had no idea. So I gathered some of that, some of that insight that I had gathered through my Google search, as well as some things that I felt were helpful when I was going through it. This is by no means to say this is the way to do it. I did it perfectly because I didn't. But when there is hardship in our lives, what is our response? That is really the essence of what this topic is today. Enjoy this conversation. We're drinking Kona <laughs> coffee. It's yeah, a $60 I, a pound coffee. Is it really 60 bucks? $66 a pound. Worth it. It's delicious. <laughs> well, you think about a good glass of wine, you know, this is better than that. Coffee is, God loves us so much yes. that he gave us coffee. Yes. It's absolutely, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things like, like you believe in intelligent design because of how perfectly aligned oh my gosh. the earth is to the distance from the sun and the amount of oxygen we have, all those wonderful coincidences. Hawaii coffee and Kona coffee is one of those uniquely configured has to be God praise because there's 200 for coffee, beautiful coincidences that come together to create this absolutely gift from heaven. And every, every morning I get the gift Yes. Of drinking coffee with Jesus. Yes, absolutely. It's the best. In fact, this, it this is, is actually called best. Heavenly Hawaiian coffee. And um, anyway, we're enjoying it. We really and are. And it's getting us appropriately sort of wound up to address a difficult subject. Yes. An important subject. Yep, it is. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a tough one, but one that I've really felt is an important topic to address. When we're talking about that first response to finding out that your spouse is unfaithful. So I went through a divorce and I discovered my ex-husband was um, was unfaithful in 2016. And I had no idea what to do. And I had no idea that it was actually happening. I didn't have suspicion. And then I just discovered it. It was just like, it fell on my lap. And when that happened, one of the first things that I did, because I'm a millennial, what do I do? I turned to Google and I, I Googled, what do you do hmm. when you find out your spouse is unfaithful? Because I didn't know, like I was in shock and, and it was just like, it was just, there was so much going on and I had, I just, I was clueless. And yeah. so, so I Googled that. I was like, I don't know how to respond. I don't know what to do. Should I talk to people? Should I, wh whatever, like, and, and so I had to, you know, I needed some guidance yeah, yeah. even before I could tell anybody, I, I thought that there would be reconciliation. So it was just all of that. And, um, and so I've sort of gathered some information and from other sources, but then also from my own experience. And I want to address, I want to address this topic. So not everyone's going to have no. the story that you had, which is, and I hope it, that no one does ever. The, the knowledge of this came out of the blue for you. Yeah. Sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes yeah. the suspicions kind of build. Yes. And there's a, a kind of an emotional pulling away or 
different pieces of evidence start arising. That's and a common thing for yeah, for infidelity. And, yes. Yeah. So so the evidence starts to kind of tip, and and perhaps someone listening to you would would maybe they're in the middle of wondering right now. Yes. So yeah. we're we're not going to particularly address the suspicion side Correct. of things today. That that's probably something that we may want to yeah. talk about yeah. because what do you do as those fears start to to build and what's an authentic feeling of self-preservation and yeah. what's just um maybe um a suspicion that ultimately isn't true. What do we do? in kind of reconciling and dealing right. with that. But the fear that arises when you do discover actual infidelity, as you did, yeah, is a really real. normal human reaction, isn't it? It's so it's so normal and it's so okay. So we've talked a lot about emotions here. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I've talked with Dr. Kristen Eliason, the um, psychologist that's been on the show, we we address that. We talk about how emotions are practical and they're important. Mm-hmm. That they they point to something. So there's not. So emotions aren't a part of the fall of sin in our no, life, right? No, it's, they actually a gift from God to help us survive. Yes. Emotions are emotions are just vitally important. And so when we experience fear, when we experience sadness and hurt, those are not negative emotions. I used to consider those like negative emotions. Anger? I want to avoid, yeah, anger. Ooh. I want to avoid those negative emotions and I want to be happy and I want to be but those those emotions of anger and and resentment and I mean rage. Like mm-hmm. rage, I think rage is different than anger. But anyway, I think that th- those things can, th- those point to something. And those are important, yeah, indicative sometimes emotions. Sometimes they're, 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 they're discussed as like symptoms. Yes. So you would think of, you know, if you have a fever, that fever isn't a good thing, but it's a symptom that something's off kilter and can be a, a good a sign to help us deal with the root of it. Yeah. So the anger, the hurt, that those feelings of betrayal are not in themselves good. It's not that the emotions are good, but they are a, a healthy symptom yes. that help us get to the root of what's really going and on. And they're so okay. Yeah, they're really important. So again, this this episode is just really from my experience okay. that I discovered this. I discovered my ex-husband's affair just kind of randomly and it was undeniable. Why don't you go through what you actually did and yeah. then let's let's compare almost what some experts have said about this to talk about what what is probably the healthiest step. Yeah. Um, I think that would be really, really helpful. Yeah. Uh, and you can kind of compare what what your experience was even with some things that others have have talked about what's a yeah. normal human response to a tragedy. You're in, you're faced with the reality that your life has just changed. Yeah, and it's it's ushering in what's going to be a, you know a tragic change in your life. What do you do? Right. So what what happened? I mean, we don't need yeah. to know the the full details. Yeah, of this, I'm not going to get into do? the details. What did you do in response? You you Googled. Because you didn't know. Well, it wasn't. I didn't Google it right away. Okay. I didn't. I discovered it, and and I had you know I fell to the floor. I didn't know how to respond. I was just completely shocked and caught off guard. So I immediately confronted him and I said, "You're having an affair." For me, I'm not a super emotional person. 
Um, so I wasn't crying. I wasn't hysterical. Um, I hadn't even cried yet, but I just knew that I needed to confront him and I needed to tell him that I, that I was aware of this information, (laughs) that I was aware of this life change. And right then and there I prayed and I said, God, help us do this right and give, give me strength, give us strength to be able to get through this. And, and that was a prayer that God answered. Hmm. I didn't always do it right. And I want to give that caveat that I did not, I didn't always do it right, but I, but I really had the desire to do it right, to, to respond to him, to love him well, even as I was so hurt. So I really did want that. I wanted to do the whole process right. But I think setting it off on prayer was really important and and a a good thing. You know, which comes from the ground in your relationship with God that you had before this. So it becomes an instinctive reaction under pressure. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, it's like when you train for something. I don't know. Like I, I felt like I was, I felt like my life before that was like training to go to God in hardship. And then my immediate response when I actually was in hardship, because I had never experienced this level of hardship, really any, any level of hardship. They they talk about like training a fireman or a policeman or, you know, special forces, military, you do the drills under pressure. You don't think about it. You go there. And then you just do it. Which is a, it's a, it's a wonderful, we're all going to face something at some point in our life and our relationship with God as the base point for that under the pressure of a crisis. Yeah. Hopefully that's what we do. Yeah. So did you tell anybody what did, what, what followed from that? So, so I, I confronted, I confronted him. Um, and I, at that point really believed that the marriage would be restored. And I told him at that time that I forgive him. And that I will choose to forgive him every day. Again, something that I didn't always live up to, but I made that kind of that declaration that. Except okay. forgiveness isn't an emotion. By forgiving him, you made that. That doesn't mean you feel like you are. Well, forgiving. I didn't always. I should say I didn't always act in forgiveness. Okay. I didn't. You know, so like, so I made the decision to forgive, but there was other things that I needed to forgive. Right. After that. So it's not just one. It wasn't just one hurt, you know, that's true. And so then I didn't always act in forgiveness. And certainly the emotions didn't weren't always there. But I made that declaration to do that. Um, And it's that that forgiveness is still a choice, I think. We did a whole episode on resentment and slander, didn't we? (laughs) So, yeah. So so I but I did say that that I wanted to live out of that. I Mm -hmm. wanted to live out of a place of forgiveness. And I think just setting it off on that on that foot was important. And that's not everyone's immediate response. Yeah. And that's okay. Now, when did your emotions kind of catch up with you? So I didn't cry until 12 hours after I found out about the affair. Hmm. I didn't sleep really that night cuz I found out about it in the evening. I didn't I barely slept. I was like just I was just so in shock and um and then it wasn't for 12 hours later that I that I cried. And then it was like, oh no, <laughs> the gates are open. <laughs> and it was um, really hard to stop at that point. But, but I, again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not su- a very emotional person yeah. in that way. And so my, my first response was like thinking 
Yeah. And then the emotions did, came. Did you go to anybody that first I day? I did. Not the first day. Um, so I waited a day and then I went to my friend Bethany mm. and she's been on the podcast before. At that point, I, yeah, I just, ne- I needed someone and I didn't know if that was even okay to tell somebody Yeah, because it's a weird thing when you're, go- when you are facing this, because for me, at least my hope was that restoration would happen. It wasn't just my hope. It was like, I just knew that restoration would happen. Yeah. Um, and somehow telling someone almost finalizes it or yeah or it's like it makes it it makes it more real yeah to tell somebody it makes it way more scary because you're you know that you're gonna have to like help that person go through it too because they clearly love you yeah so now you didn't tell the family i didn't i didn't i didn't tell you guys until like two weeks after yeah and um and that was a choice that i needed to make I really wanted to tell you guys. I was like avoiding you for a while. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like dodging your phone calls because I was, I, I really wanted good news to yeah. give you guys yeah. like, okay, so this terrible thing happened, but we're getting help. We're, we're, yeah. we're taking the steps. Yeah. Towards it's, reconciliation. it's what is the narrative you, you actually, and I, that's probably important for people to recognize this is happening. There's a, a bargaining that happens in a grief process yeah. where we're, we're trying to say, okay, what can I do with this? And so bringing other people into this before that's clear, clarified, it brings too much closure to it. And so you were, yeah, in this sense, really hoping there would be good news. It's still going to be dark. It's still going to yeah. be hard. But, you know, had both of you been able to determine together, we're going to work this out. That would have been a very different story to tell yeah. the people who love you. And it would have been a lot easier to present it, honestly. Yes. Yeah, it was a very, it was an extremely confusing time in, in at least my story with my ex-husband that, that he at first was very apologetic. I mean, he was, he was caught in, um, in this lifestyle of sin and he just felt terrible about it which I saw that was very clear and in, in confronting him with this, um, I really wanted to be sure that I was also hearing him, that I wasn't just doing the talking, that I wasn't just lecturing at, at him a couple days afterwards. You know, I, I, I told him how I felt. I wanted to be very clear with my emotions that it was hurting, that this was ex- extremely painful. So I didn't hide my emotions with him. I still chose to forgive him, but I didn't that I didn't hide my emotions of anger, of rage, of disappointment. I mean, but I was re- I really wanted to express my emotions, but still to listen to him. And I wanted to ask for the truth right off the bat, the whole truth. I said, you know, now is the time. Like you've been you've been lying to me our whole marriage and our our whole relationship. So please be honest with me now. Like just lay it all out. And I wanted the truth, but what's really important is I felt this, well, yeah, when I was asking for the truth, I felt this pull of, I want to be, I want to know the truth, but I, I don't want to know all the details. And I really did want to know all the details, but I knew it wouldn't be good for me. So I wanted to Hmm. weigh those, those, those thoughts like, okay, is this actually going to be helpful for me? I want to know the truth, but I don't want to know the details of the affair. So is that, is that general 
I mean, is that advice that that the experts yes. would say? Yeah. So that is to know the truth, but all of the sorted facts and details aren't necessarily helpful. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So ask for the whole truth. There's, I mean, they, they talk a lot about trickle truth in these kind of situations that, that if, if the truth is just trickles down, um, every once in a while, every couple of days, there's new information or every couple months, um, it's just so much better to know everything right away. There, there's not, there's not these reopening of the wounds right. to just have everything laid out on the table, but that doesn't mean that you need to know all the details. Yeah. You need to know the truth, just not all the details. And, um, and that was a hard, that's a hard thing to balance. That's a hard road to walk because, because you don't know, because you're so emotional. There's, you're still in shock. So it's really, um, it's a tough thing, but I think really important. This is not just a one way street at this point. He's responding back and what, what happens and what, well, maybe what happened to you and then what general, um, principles you sort of draw based on what comes back to you you're playing you're playing tennis with a tragedy here yeah what comes back across the net and how does that keep you how do you keep responding and what 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 do you do next I mean how did you go get help maybe it would be another way to put that yeah at least in my story I knew that I needed to just sort of face it on my own I didn't I didn't just go after help from someone else right away I went after help from the Lord. <laughs> that was incredibly helpful. Yeah. Um, but then I asked, I told a friend just a couple days after I discovered it. Right away, I believed that God would restore the marriage as long as I was willing, because I felt like, okay, I'm the I'm the yeah. hurt one here. I'm the one that has that is experiencing this um, this betrayal. So if I want the restoration, it will happen. That was at least my belief. Yeah. I didn't. It didn't cross my mind that there would be another option. Okay, so yeah, that's I think that's a that's a really important part of this process is you knew at, at, you you weren't under the illusion that it would be easy, but you no. were committed to reconciliation. Now at this point, that's on your side. Yes. Doesn't it really? It makes a difference in in the next step to know what the other person's response is going to be. And. And you may not, you may not have any clue what, what will happen, how that's going to play out. And so when we're just talking about this immediate response, um, I would say, do not make any decisions. Oh. And I, and that's what the experts say too. Don't make any life-changing decisions right now. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be confused, but I think that making a decision to, and this isn't also to shame anyone that has made a decision um, right away. Like if they've walked away and filed for divorce, like right away after they discover an affair, that's their choice and that's okay. I would recommend and the experts recommend not to do that because you are so emotional. Because there you are clouded with the betrayal. There's so much going on in your head. And really you can't make a logical decision right now. And reconciliation, if you want that can happen as yeah. long as there's two willing parties but while you're in this cloud of what the heck just happened how am i now, doing i don't know i don't know what to do i would recommend do not make any decisions right now now there may be it may be wise to get some distance 
Yes. Um, Be safe. Like, I want to make that clear. Like, get safe. If you're not safe. Which may mean you know, going and staying somewhere and that's okay for, for a time you're, you're talking about making a, a legal decision, a legal life altering decision based on that. Now, from a spiritual standpoint, when there's unfaithfulness, there's a spiritual, in essence, a permission for that covenant to be ended. That's biblical. Yeah. Um, There's a breaking of the covenant, but, but in some cases, some individuals you felt like you would have been willing at that point to bring grace into the marriage. Mm-hmm. And even though you had a legal right to end the marriage from a divorce uh, standpoint, a, a, a spiritual right. Yes. To yes. Yes. You would have been I willing. I mean, anyone has a legal but, right to, but, to get but um, you're simply suggesting step away in essence, step away from any immediate legal decision. Yeah. Let the smoke settle. Yep. And, um, but that may mean an emotional and physical distance from that individual. And that's okay. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be confused. It's okay to want to get divorced. Um, because this is a trauma. Like I can't, I can't stress that enough that this is a traumatic event. So stuff's going on in your head. Yes. Physically. Yes. There's chemical Ph- emotions. Physiologically, you are like, I mean, you're. So you're under shock. You're in essentially a, a traumatic. Yes. It's a traumatic state. Therefore, it's best to not make permanent decisions yes. in that state. <clears throat> That's Abs- wise. Absolutely. So um, what input at this point, once you begin to get input about this, what were you processing what advice were you processing? Did that confuse you? Or, and maybe we could say here at this point, if you know someone who goes through this, what do you say? Like, what don't you say? What's 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 the right thing on the other side of the table of someone that's walking through this? Listen and be there for them. I would say don't feed the... Don't feed the bitterness and the the trash talking because that's going to happen. Um, but don't discourage that either because we need to be experiencing all the emotions. So I think of like, you know, Job's friends in the, in the Bible. They sat with Job for like, was it like a week or something? They didn't say anything. And then, the, and then right when they open their mouth, they kind of just mess things up. So sit in the pain with your friend because a person that's going through this is going to be experiencing all of the emotions waves of grief you're gonna i mean in in the span of two minutes you can be experiencing anger and joy and excitement and then and then total sadness and um just devastation you may not be able to get out of bed i mean the 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 shock of this is so real. The grief of it is is excruciating. So what you're saying actually is you're it really does does throw one into and sort of an extraordinary state of confusion. Yeah. And the storms of the emotions are going to be playing on inside, and to expect that you're going to be in a roller coaster. Of course. Of thoughts, yeah. feelings. Memories, I, I, I think um, th- that it, it throws back, and I remember you talking about this, all of a sudden now having to look back at your life yeah. with a different lens. It like, all, how did yeah. you miss this? 
and you then, and this actually is what led to a lot of the reclaiming yes. idea is mm-hmm. that going back to the restaurant that had joy and now suddenly, and now suddenly it has it's like, terrible pain because it was a time, it was, re- it represented betrayal and confusion and, and really deception. Yeah. And your whole life has to now be told through a different story. Mm-hmm. So that's very... My relationship has to be yeah, told in a different yeah, story. Yeah, it's very disorienting. It's super disorienting. So... It's I th- disillusioning. I, I, I think as, as you're processing this right now out loud with us... Yeah. It, it seems like that really is perhaps the best way to summarize all this, is that the disorientation of suddenly now interpreting your life in a way that you never expected mm-hmm. is a earthquake. Yeah. And the scriptures say, if we build our house on the rock yeah. of walking with Jesus and being obedient to him, everything that can be shaken will be shaken and we'll hit a storm. Yeah. As Jesus says, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, when the storms come, when they, when come. they come, if you've built your house on the rock, you will withstand them yeah that doesn't mean that the storm is less of a storm it doesn't mean that it it doesn't hit as hard it's gonna hit against real you hard. <laughs> but but the foundation makes that survivable what comes to mind is that is where where is our identity yeah. if our identity is placed in another individual if and when that individual betrays yeah. you your identity will also be betrayed it's really good if you're if my value was based in the fact that my ex-husband chose me, then I would I would not have any value because I was not chosen. And that would be that would just be extremely challenging. Yeah. So if 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 there is listeners that I feel like this episode has taken many turns. <laughs> um, but if there are listeners who have who have not gone through this, praise the Lord because this is a incredibly challenging road. And I pray that no one will ever have to go through this. Like I just, I, I value the covenant so much. I value like faithfulness so much, obviously, because you know, of, of what I've gone through. But if you haven't gone through this, if you're realizing that your identity is based in another individual and your value is just based in, in, in them, now is your chance to say, no, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to surrender to you. I'm going to surrender to the God of the universe who has placed value on me. He has purchased me at the highest price. And, and so if we have that, then when the storms come, if you end up being betrayed, your identity and your value will not be shaken. Yes. And I didn't always feel that because I felt like I was shaken, but I really wasn't because because my value and my identity was was in the Lord, which which gave you a place to always go back to, and it really was a couple of years of I mean the storm. Sometimes it's still happening. Some, yes, yeah, yeah. But this but is the, two and a half years ago. But the um, there always was an anchor point. Yeah. Of identity. Yeah. Um, which is the answer always the answer to the challenge of your identity that yeah. you know waking up in the morning and realizing wait a minute he didn't choose to stay yeah um yeah which which it 
you know, it, you're right. That the, our conversation, the, the, this has been a tough conversation. It's a and lot it's, of processing, and it's gone <laughs> and it's gone several different directions. But it does come back to the first thing that you did when you found this out was you prayed. Why? Because ultimately, we don't have an identity apart from that. No. Something is going in your life. Something sometime in history is going to shake your identity. It yes. has with all of us. All of us yep. have faced that. And we're going to be faced with this, with the, the shakiness of the world. Yeah. And um, whether that's, whether you're on the side of being betrayed in a case like this, or you're on the side of doing the betraying. Yes. It's and the same grace. It's the same grace. And it's the same shaking and identity. And Wow. Yeah, this is a really loaded conversation, but I think it's a very important one. And of course, every experience is different. Every response is different because everyone's different. So I'm not saying, and I really do want to give the caveat that it's not that this is the way to do it because you don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm not saying that I did it perfectly because I did not. But I really did try my best with the information that I had with yeah just the knowledge that i had i i really did try my best you will make mistakes you will be angry you may throw things and scream profanities i did that but i i always wanted to go back and say god help me do this right yeah well and i and i think that the that's the 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 beautiful reality of god is that even if we even if we make a mistake in response or we make a mistake along the way in this sin begets sin yeah that um that nothing is a permanent mistake ever with jesus so and, true and and thus you know and and many people have had this story where they discover an unfaithfulness yeah. and there is repentance and reconciliation Praise and a God. restored relationship can yes. actually end up the weld you know of a broken you know peace can actually end up being stronger. But in your case, that didn't happen because on the other side, there wasn't that willingness. The two willing parties and, need to and make so, something work. And yeah. so there's another kind of grace for you. There's also a grace for him. Yeah. There wasn't a grace for your marriage to be restored, but for some people that is. Yeah. So point is turn to Jesus at whatever point. Yeah. Um, and even if you're if you're in the middle of going through this and trying to navigate this, and you haven't gone to the Lord, if you're angry with him, if you're if you're angry at God, if you feel even betrayed by God in this, um, and you're feeling kind of convicted with, with our conversation right now, there's an opportunity at every single moment to choose the Lord. There's an opportunity Absolutely. every single second to say, okay, I'm going to turn and I'm going to, because God is constantly going after your heart all the time he is constantly doing that and and so if you haven't been walking with him in your in your painful situation in your identity shaking moment now is your time you can you can turn to him and he is there with arms wide open non-judgmental he's already paid the price for your heart for your for your love and and he's going to be so faithful to comfort you in this it's going to be hard but he's already chosen you. This is turning kind of preachy. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> That's, I guess, what happens a little bit. I, I really do want to say that, listeners, that you are, you are chosen. 
you are loved, you are accepted by Jesus. And whether or not that happens in your marriage after after a time of betrayal, that does not shake your identity in the fact that you have been loved and accepted by Jesus. Um, Dad, thank you for bringing your your pastoral presence to this. Um, this was a little bit of like a processing. Yeah. And again, there's no clear, perfect way to do this. But these are some guidelines that I think would be helpful for people. Um, and maybe if you Google, what do you do when you find out your spouse is having an affair? These are some things that you would come up with, that somebody would be able to, information that they would be able to to gather. But I pray that no one really does experience this or no one needs to use this betrayal happens in this world and the storms the storms come we're we're never guaranteed that we're not going to hit storms yeah storms aren't going to hit us we're almost guaranteed that they will happen (laughs) as like hard as that is just because we're believers and in this world you will have tribulation yeah but jesus has overcome the world and we yeah we do too in the midst of it so thanks for bringing this conversation uh, out to the light. I want to bring the tough conversations. What yeah. what this podcast is all about is about healing. I want I constantly just want to instill hope. So this actually may, might be the kind of conversation that could happen in a reclaiming event. Yeah. You know, you that and that taking your reclaiming buddies to, you know, a restaurant that you need to go reclaim. You really encourage an open conversation. I do. And and so the real authentic processing like this has been yeah. is the kind of thing that that actually probably needs to happen and is a, actually very healing it is. in itself. Yeah. Be open with the process. Be open with yep. the, the struggle, all of the emotions. God is so faithful to meet us in those Out of that conversation, I hope that you gathered that God is good, that God will meet you exactly where you are. If you've just discovered that your spouse is unfaithful, you may feel hopeless and of course you're hurt, of course you're struggling. You are not alone. I promise you it will get better. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for just hearing my processing with my father and um, sort of the haphazard dialogue that we have. But I enjoy those conversations because I want you to know I don't have all this stuff figured out. I don't have all of this like fully wrapped in a cute little bow. I'm processing a lot of this and I want that to be communicated to you. But ultimately, I just want to let you know that there's hope. Any information that we talk about in this episode will be found in my show notes. Any Bible verses that we use are there as well. And if you would like to partner with the Hope Reclaimed podcast financially, you can do that on my Patreon page. I am Ellie Hope Herringshaw. I just want to let you know that there is hope because you know what? Hope is my middle name. We'll see you next week.